0: a number one best selling author whose whole life has been about
1: supporting people to achieve personal empowerment helping people just like you recognize that they can you are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com where illumination and inspiration is but a click away with so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life We celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. You're right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com, and I have two wonderful ladies that you've heard before, Dr. Marilyn Joyce. And Gina Gardner, both of them have given me such wonderful shows and information and wisdom that you just want to sit back and absorb and have your notebook ready because it's that kind of information that will give you your aha moments and most certainly help you unblock some areas or be able to charge through some other areas that you just couldn't see. You just couldn't see it. But now with this knowledge and wisdom, you're able to actually understand what's in front of you. So please go back and listen to each one of their shows. It's right here on the blog. If you go to selfdiscoverymedia.com and put in their name, Gina Gardner or Dr. Marilyn Joyce, it will lead you to all of their shows that they've done here with us on Self Discovery Media. And I promise you, you will come out of it a hell of a lot wiser than you went into it. But what's today's show all about? Well it's about detriggering the festive stress. It doesn't matter what religion you are, whether you're religious or not, it doesn't really matter whether you even celebrate Christmas. This is the time of year where stress goes high you might work in the retail business or the entertainment business and this is when everybody is out and everybody wants their food when they want it or wants to purchase something when they when they want it and they want it now and the stress level goes up really really high on the other side of the things it's trying to find that perfect gift in budget and something that you know the person will love cook that perfect meal we put too much stress on ourselves but let us also not forget those that are lonely because they haven't got anyone in their lives, and those that go into depression at this time of year, and those that are on the street. So while we're de-triggering our stress, and uh, which is something we can carry over into the new year and every day of our lives, but festive stress is one that really kind of mm, turns up the steroids on it. So let's find out how we can de trigger that stress and enjoy this wonderful festive season for what it is welcome to the show marilyn and gina
2: great to be here thank you so much
1: sarah so i'm going to throw it over to each one of you right now just to say and share a little bit about you so people have got a background on you if they haven't listened to your other shows gina i'll start with you love you're from the uk And we've got some beautiful shows on her why and her journey. Please go back and listen to them. But just give people a little snapshot of who you are, what you do.
0: All of my work is around empowerment, whether we're talking about people as individuals, couples, teams, whole organisations, transformational leadership based on in order to lead others, you first have to lead your own life and ultimately, how you can be the very best genuine you stepping into your power um and it's my life's work and i'm very passionate about it
1: Mm -hmm. might need you have a little bit more volume there love so hopefully you came through and uh dr marilyn joyce please tell everybody what you're doing and again we have some wonderful shows there for you to go back and listen to on the full depth of her and what she does um quite extraordinary but today let everybody know a little snapshot of you
2: Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, One of the key things I think that uh, I've dealt with over the years has been the issue of stress because for decades now I've been telling people in my seminars and in my books that stress I believe is the number one killer. It's the the causative factor for almost every other illness, if not every other illness, it's the underlying cause. And in fact, 90% of uh, hospital. I mean, uh, doctors' visits are usually the result of chronic stress that has not been handled properly. So that really, uh, and I'm a, as a five-time cancer survivor who's now a 30-year thriver. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, I am celebrating that, and I am really anxious to get the information that can help prevent the suicide, the stress-related illnesses that we're seeing rampant today through five minute healthy strategies that anyone can do anywhere, anytime. And I learned those going through my own journey. And as a result, I know that in just a few minutes, Now, oftentimes people think that you need hours of meditation time or hours of whatever. And the fact is that science now shows that in five minutes, you can completely change your blood work with certain strategies and and systems that are all really relevant. And those are the kinds of things I teach. So I think that really is what gives me the qualifications, the the credibility in the work I do is just the fact that I've been there and done it both personally and professionally and found simple strategies that really do work.
1: They're the best ones as far as I'm concerned. People who have actually made the journey, learned the skills, you know, discovered techniques that really helped them to get through the other side, now become the best teachers. And I know both of you have gone through your journeys and it's because of those journeys that you do what you do today. So this isn't something you've just picked up in a book in a library somewhere. This is something you've lived and experienced and that's what makes the information so relevant. And you're right, stress is a killer. And you know that old uh, Dave Brubeck. You know, take five. You know, we need to take five. You know, we need to stop and breathe, and we need to stop and allow ourselves. Do I really need to do this in this moment? Yeah. Do I need to react this way? Do I need to? Do I? Do I need it? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there's that outside expectation from TV and everything else. You need it. You need it. You need it. And then you know, oh, I've got to go and get it. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know you really don't need it so Gina do we need it can we say no to ourselves can we take that five and say no I don't need it
0: everything we do is a choice even choosing not to is a choice and ultimately I think that people recognizing that in moment by moment that they can take the time to consider whether or not this is something which is an emotional need, something that they're using to make them feel better about themselves, or it's something that actually is talking about what we need. What we need and what we want are very, very different, and I think we often mix them up. Um, Most of the time, it's what we want, and not what we need, that we go for, because that's the emotional drive. Ultimately what we need I think is to recognize that whatever time of year it is that we have to look after ourselves and Nurture ourselves, whatever that may be um, Christmas just adds huge amounts of pleasure because we have this blueprint of what it should be like and Should so I think are very dangerous, you know, it should do this and it should be like that but it most of it is Disney it is effectively <laughs> One or two days, which in reality are no different to January the 19th or September the 4th. It's the meaning we make of it which makes it different. And I think that we, um, we create that need in ourselves for everything to be perfect our view of perfect which actually for many people is unobtainable rather than it's a day when we are going to enjoy whatever it is we've got planned and if we have nothing planned then there is an opportunity to find something that gives us satisfaction joy whatever but ultimately it it is our choice do you need it do you want it do you know the difference well down to you
1: Do you know the difference? I think that is a big one um, because we really do get confused with want and need, don't we? Oh, I need this. I need this. Uh, Why? You know, is it an addictive need? You know, it's because you want it so bad. You know, Marilyn, (laughs) want a need?
2: (laughs) Yes, um, that is a good one because really it does come down to choices and I, I think, one of the key things I learned when I was going through the shift in my own life and letting go of everything that I thought was important to me and realizing the freedom that comes from minimalizing, you know, what you have and, and really, really asking that question every single time, do I need this or do I want it? And making the choice based on, you know, is it going to add quality to my life? And I think that's the key thing. And as we get older, and even amongst the young people, I've noticed this because, you know, I've spoken a lot in the universities and colleges and high schools lately, and even the young people are really realizing that they want to minimalize. They don't want all the stuff that we thought was important. And And what they don't have that they really do want is more relationships. Uh, better quality relationships, and because they've been, they grew up on phones, you know, on devices, they are realizing that there's been a real negative aspect there because they're not, they don't have those quality relationships that they, that they crave. And I think that's what leads to the the rampant suicide and uh, the depression and the loneliness. It's amongst, you know, seniors and uh, young people almost equally now at this point in time. Uh, it just really boils down to being there for those people who really need you at the time and really looking at the quality of relationships. So, for example, at the holiday season, instead of focusing on things, and actually, most of my friends and I now have made the commitment no gifts. No physical gifts. Instead, bring something that you prepared. You know, maybe maybe in my case, everyone loves my pumpkin bread or my my banana bread, so I will take that. You know, uh, maybe a bottle of really good wine, whatever. But it's really um, shifting the focus from stuff and uh, competing with you know each other for the best gifts to quality of relationships and to the time spent together, and choosing that over gifts gift giving. And really, making a decision with each other to do to go in that route to to go that direction,
1: something- yeah uh, you know, and the thing about gift giving we have to really define what a gift is because yeah. your gift of time, you know gift of companionship, gift of opening the door to someone you know who's on their own or having them over for tea, your coffee, you know um that type of gift lasts longer than a box of chocolates or something that people open up and go, well, what the hell is this? I'm never going to use it. You know? So I think when we look at gift and you're right, you know, the, my kids are millennials and they're definitely minimized and gift giving now is, is very, very, you know, small. I'm the one that still quotes over does it. Cause I still do the stockings <laughs> yeah, that You're traditionalist. Um, But I think the gift of time is one most certainly, I think that is the greatest gift that you can give someone. How about, how do you think, Gina? I
0: think gift of time, and it's about the quality of time. Yeah. Uh, Time and and, in and of itself is, uh, for me, I think not enough. And I think lots of people believe they're giving time because they're in the same room, Mm. but they're not necessarily present. And I think quality time where you are being thoughtful about what the other person needs and would enjoy and doing things together, whether it's as a couple or as a family or as a group of friends. Uh, there is a huge um, element that's that's beyond what you see. It's almost like the iceberg, isn't it? You've mm. got that what's going on is the tip of the iceberg, but it's strengthening relationships. We know that has a huge impact on the immune system. Uh, on people's sense of well-being, being rejected, feeling lonely. We are hot-wired. We're not that much evolved from cavemen and women. Mm. If you were not part of the group, then you wouldn't survive. And I think perhaps one of the reasons why there's so much stress at Christmas is because there is so much emphasis on getting with your tribe. And if your tribe either doesn't exist or your tribe is one that is actually not at war with one another, mm-hmm. then that sense of disappointment, rejection, frustration is is multiplied many times. So having a gift of time where you focus on, each each person focuses on making sure that the other people are having a good time and that you're doing something for them. I think you will find that you get the satisfaction because you've given the gift of thinking about the other person. And at the same time, you get the feedback from that is that you, the enjoyment that you have actually been able to give a true gift, a lasting one, something that is incredibly precious. It's the equivalent of the gold, frankincense or myrrh. It's, It's taking that time
1: to give a gift that has meaning, which is you. It shows that you care. It shows that you're interested. You know, people don't want to be forgotten. They, they want to know they count in life. And when you actually spend time with someone really interested and really asking the questions about their life, that interaction. You know, there was a, a video of a guy giving um, a guy on the street some money for food. Um, and he said, and, no, no, he gave him some food. And the guy said, yes, but I want you to eat with me. And so the guy went and got some food and sat by him and they ate that meal together. And more than the food that his body nourished, the conversation is what his heart and soul needed for nourishment. And we forget about that nourishment, don't we? You know, and the thing is, is, if you're going to go and give your time to someone, please put your damn phone down. But
0: can right. I just say that, that when you're talking about <coughs> that example where the guy, the, whoever it was, the, the person on the streets, wanted them to eat with them, Eating with someone, sitting down and breaking bread with someone yeah. is a, a, such a sign of connection, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, yes. In a way that, you know, handing somebody a plate of food, this connection is, is it's not even momentary, it's a second. Mm-hmm. But if you sit with someone and you talk with someone, you share your food with someone, that connection is a really deep one because it's nourishing the body, it's nourishing the soul. And it's making that the connection so much more real, more authentic than it is, you know, I've handed somebody something. I feel good about me because Mm -hmm. I've done something for them as opposed to we feel good about one another because we truly connected
1: and learned so much from each other at the same time. Hey, Marilyn. Yes, absolutely. I, I completely
2: agree with what you're saying, Gina, because really it's the quality of the time with someone and it's really about being present fully there, you know, mindfulness is mm. a key word these days. And really what it boils down to is really being mindful in the moment with whoever you're with. And you know, that we know from statistically that if you're depressed, get over yourself by doing something for someone yeah. else. Yeah. And really it makes such a huge difference. I've seen it in, even in my own life when I was going through some personal major losses personal losses with my in, within my family. And I found that that year I went out and served the homeless and not only served them, we ate with them, mm-hmm. we talked with them, we shared with them. And it was like, you know, it, again, it comes down to the experiences. Are what you remember. It's not the, the the food. I don't even remember what we ate. <laughs> Probably the same old turkey and whatever. Yeah. But it was the conversations, Yeah. And they were fascinating. I was fascinated with what I heard. They were fascinated. We were all fascinated with each other. <laughs> we have those memories. And when I have a, mo- a low moment, I can go back and reflect yeah. on those memories and realize, hey, it's that easy to move yourself out of depression and loneliness just by contributing. And yeah. I think things yeah. we
0: yeah, sorry. Need to work with, you know, with our young people as well, yeah. teaching
2: them
0: that, yeah. Gina? I work with many people who are stressed and depressed. And two of the, the things that I talk to them very early on about is um, engaging in random acts of kindness, mm-hmm. um, which don't cost money particularly, but cost thought and making a connection. And in terms of collecting gratitudes. And I think that that has the capacity to recalibrate the brain from looking at what you haven't got and what you can't do into looking at what you have got and what you can do in a, in a very effective and efficient way that not only makes a huge difference to the person involved but actually spreads love and some, you know, heightens that sense of that you have. Um, value in the world. It's not about how much is in your bank balance. It's not about what what clothes you wear, but I can make a connection with you and you matter. And by me helping you recognize that you matter, that then gives credence to me mattering too, because we are all connected. And I think in modern day living, one of the reasons why there's such an explosion of stress and depression and suicide is because in many communities that sense of connection has been dislocated and in fact is encouraged, isn't it, by various governments, politicians and yes. so on.
1: Yeah. That,
0: that dislocation is actually being um, expanded rather than bringing people together. And it's not what we're designed to be. No,
1: no, we're, we're pack people. We really are. You know, the other thing is, is... Don't wait for someone to come and knock on your door and say, are you alone? If you are feeling lonely, what can you go and do? You know, if if I'm feeling, I go to a coffee house or I go somewhere where I know there's going to be somebody sitting next to me and, you know simple as somebody said, my British is showing, with the weather today? <laughs> you know, Get a conversation going. If they completely shut you down, then obviously you're not going to be able to get through. But if it's something that starts with a conversation, you both go away feeling good that you've made a connection. You may never see that person again. It's not about that. It's about the moment. But I think we have to owe it to ourselves is that if we're feeling lonely, we're feeling stressed, we're feeling down, what are you going to do about it? And as he said, go in and volunteering somewhere, going in and joining something. You know, I'm alone. Who else is alone? What can we do? And we always had people at our Christmas table that we were knew were alone for Christmas and they would come over and join us so they didn't feel alone, become part of the family. My son keeps that tradition going now, Thanksgiving and Christmas at his restaurants. He calls it the orphan's table. Everybody who hasn't got a family to go to can come... To him and everybody shares. And again, as you said, it's not so much about the food, though that's very important to him because he likes to serve the good food, but it's about the camaraderie. And that's really what we're looking for, is that camaraderie, a sense of belonging, of laughter, of voice counts. We feel connected. And that's really, really important. But we've got to remember, stop waiting for someone, Sir so Lancelot, to come and rescue you and realize there's so much we can do to rescue ourselves.
0: And in the first instance, if you just smile... (laughs) Huge! Huge! You know, as you're walking past somebody in the supermarket, you know, if you open the door and you smile and you say, good day, even in that simple act, you are creating a very different um, hormonal response within yourself and you are connecting with other people. I mean, I played a game in lifts. Um, you know, often, or in, in trains, which are very crowded, how many people can I can I c- connect yeah. with, I connect, you know, eye contact um, and make smile. And, you know, there are times when you have to work very hard to make somebody smile, but when they do uh, smile, it really feels as if you've won. Yeah, uh, and what's nice is they recognise that they've been hard to make smile, and there's that wry look which says, "Okay, you got me." Yeah, I'm smiling now, and they go off and they're still smiling. And
1: pass the smile on—that's the point. I mean, you, you, how many coffee? I don't know about you guys, but our lineups, coffee shops are just ridiculous, and there's poor baristas. You know, are trying to make these, uh, you know, double lattes with uh, this, that, etc. That you know, the, the list is this long, and everybody wants their coffee now, and they're getting stressed. And I think you know, to look at their eyes and say, "How's your day? Oh gosh, you're really busy. How are you handling it? Let them know you see them. Let them know you know what they're going through. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're so busy. You know, I'm going to try and make this simple for you. It's acknowledging them in gratitude." And that makes them feel, oh, validated. Somebody doesn't just see me as a cup of coffee. They see me as a human being. Right, Marilyn?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. I mean, there, there's that cliche expression, you, what you focus on expands. And mm. if you focus on smiling, it does expand out. I mean, there's there was a beautiful video uh, some time ago. I think it was in Germany that it was filmed. And this man sat there on the uh, train And he started laughing and we're kind of like, okay, weird man. Um, And then somebody else next to him, you know, laughing is contagious, started laughing. Within five minutes, the entire train was in ruckus laughter and loving it and having a great time. Laughter, fun, uh, smiling, they're all... Contagious yes. In a very positive way. And, you know, again, even with the gratitude aspect, which I just loved you mentioning that Gina, when we write a, a couple of gratitudes, like I have a gratitude book and when I'm having a low moment, I'll write, dear God, thank you for, and I'll write three to five gratitudes. And amazingly, in, in just a few seconds, I feel great. And that's the kind of thing that can shift our, our energy and our focus completely. So that we're focusing, as we focus on gratitude, we attract more of that into our lives. And by doing that, we also act as a mentor for someone else who's going through a really tough time. And we're, we, we do this and we express joy, and they feel like, you know, maybe I can learn something from this person, or maybe this person is worth smiling back at and mm-hmm. having a conversation with. You know, it's and by opening our own faces and smiles up. We are inviting someone in, and some people are more challenging than others to help get to that place of breaking a smile themselves. But if we persist, we never know. I mean, I shared it on one of our interviews before, but you know, the, the woman at uh, the whatever store it was, Kohl's or whatever, where she was about to commit suicide, and I noticed something in her eyes. I smiled, she did not smile back at first. I asked her if she was okay, no. (laughs) So anyway, long and short of it was, we ended up in a conversation, because I waited for her after I got through the line, and we ended up talking about life, and I asked her if she wanted to go and have a coffee or a glass of wine. She said, just a minute, went in the store, returned everything she had bought, came out, and said, I was about to go home and commit suicide. You know, a smile, yeah. just a yes. simple
1: smile yeah.
2: changed that woman's life. You now she's happily married. She's not contemplating suicide mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, but it's just that simple. It's just that simple. It's giving somebody our expression of love, compassion, humanity.
0: And it's they- interesting. You know, it's talking to somebody last week who um, who works with people who, um, who have um, – either attempted suicide before, or who are contemplating it. And the thing that has made the difference for people who, uh, who have contemplated and not gone through with it, is that someone, it doesn't have to be somebody that they know, but somebody has noticed and said, are you all right? Yeah. And i just, I, there's a couple of things that I feel I ought to say. We're talking about this in the run up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. But this is true for every day.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I, think it's
0: in, yes. I know that it's implicit, but I think it's important to recognise that, you know, 365 days of the year, 366 on a leap year, you as an individual can make a profound difference to your own life and to the life of others.
1: Yeah.
0: Just by being observant, by being in the moment. And I think so many People spend such a lot of time looking back and being in the past and worrying about what they should have done or shouldn't have done. Or they're anxious about the future, and so they're living in the future and everything's, well, I'll be happy when, rather than Mm. I'm in this moment. And for me, collecting gratitude is about, during the day, making it easy to notice things to be grateful for making it easy to recognize that however bleak it may be in terms of the weather for example using that as a metaphor the sun's still behind the clouds yeah and actually this moment even though it's dark will pass and the clouds will open and the sun will come out there's plenty to be grateful for to live for even when life is pretty tough and it sounds you know Knowing something of your story, Marilyn, I don't know yours, but you know, we've all had challenges in our lives Mm -hmm, that could so easily have meant that we focused on the bleak, but we didn't.
1: I think because we focused on our purpose, and you know, everybody needs a purpose in life, and you know, yes, we're talking about the festive season and how to de trigger that stress and that importance of I guess everything's got to be perfect. You know, if you if that's how you are over your festive season, that's how you're going to be over everything else in your life. So you know, this right now, focus on the season and detriggering and de-stressing it. Then take the same pattern through every other day. But we, I mean, yes, you know, we've talked Gina about depression, and that's something I suffer from physically, clinically, um, depression, and it's the despair, and, and you just think that you cannot get through the despair. But as you said, Marilyn, stepping into volunteering, stepping into doing something, for me these shows have literally saved my life because they've given me a purpose. Because sharing this knowledge I know is going to make a difference in somebody else's life. And we may never see it, sometimes I do get people actually reaching out and saying, this show had this impact on me. Most of the time people just take the information unknowingly from what they've heard and apply it to their lives. But if we don't have a purpose in life, if we don't have something that means something to us, we are always going to be chasing something that's going to fill us or or make us feel good. We've got to find that purpose, which is what's your instrument? What's your gift to give to society, to contribute to the world? And if you concentrate on that, the inside out living, then you'll actually be able to cope with life a lot more. I know my triggers. You know, I was at the shopping mall. Should I get this? Should I get that? And then, you know, the little voice in my head, bank balance. (laughs) 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 Okay, I guess not. (laughs) Concentrate on what I can do Mm -hmm. and not on the expectation of what I want to do. And that isn't just over at Christmas. That's in everything in life. But purpose, I think, is something that with that, it gives you a reason for being. A reason for sharing
0: a lot of people that I speak to say, but I don't know what my purpose is. Uh-huh. And so. That's
1: why self discovery, you've got to go on that road. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> when you are on the, the road to self discovery, yep. one of the things that I suggest to people is well, while you're, while you're getting to that place, how about that your purpose is that today you're going to do something for someone else that will mm. make them feel good? How about today that you do one thing that will actually make you healthier? Um, that you know that will a bit of exercise, or that you you make yourself some nourishing homemade soup or, or whatever. But just tiny, tiny little steps, seemingly, yeah. where you start to take control, where instead of of that despair becoming a blanket that suffocates you, that you lift the blanket up and you can yep. just see the chink and do one small act because lots of people that I've worked with say to start with, they feel overwhelmed by it.
1: Yeah. They know
0: there are lots of things they could do, but they can't get the energy or the, the, the focus to do it. And so having something that is little and costs nothing, um, to focus on, um, I think can, can really, really help. And ultimately, if you focus on doing something for somebody else, if you can't get round to doing it for yourself, yeah,
1: it's. I, I always As say it's the the advice that you would give a friend, give yes. it to yourself. Yes. yes. All right, and and the thing is, is if another friend is is you know burning themselves out or or they're sick and then they're getting too stressed out about it or you know um they're spending too much time helping others and not themselves you're going to give them advice to try and bring them back down to that center so i'm a true person on talk to your mirror talk to your mirror because your mirror can't lie to you you can't pull the wool over your eyes you know you have to be very candid with your mirror and talk to yourself as you would your friend and listen to it right marilyn
2: Yes, absolutely. The the one thing that I have done for years, it was a strategy that I learned at a marketing class, ironically, but I use it for everything. If I'm not feeling really optimistic, but I've got a major phone call to go on to, and I know that that person is depending on me to be fully there, fully present, I have a mirror that I have beside me. And I look in that mirror and I smile a big smile. It is amazing when you see yourself smiling. Yeah. That then translates into your call. So even if it's a call and they don't physically see you like this, it's just the verbal aspect. They can feel your smile. Yes, yes, you're expressing it throughout. I mean, those are simple little things, but they make a huge difference. And mm-hmm. the truth is that, you know, if, just doing little things for other people. You know, you see the you know the the older gentleman or older lady out there carrying bags. You just run out grab their bags and carry them in for them uh you know they've got heavy mail in their box and they can't lift it you go ahead and you just lift it and put it in their car or whatever it's the little things that make a huge difference and people remember that they might not remember who you are but they remember the good that you did for them and good little deeds whatever they are and carry that on someone else in their own lives it's the
1: gift fun. it's the gift the gift of giving that's what we forget isn't it the gift yep. of giving is giving yeah, of true. your time giving of yourself giving that smile that love you're giving good vibrations yes that's what you're giving so it also works to do something within the environment or to yes. work with animals yes.
0: the, the, the focus of your giving is not as important i don't think as the actual act of thinking something outside yourself and doing something that that has a positive
1: impact. Actionism, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of people, But I don't know what to do. Well, you just need to walk down the street and you'll see there's something to do. Right? You know, as you said, the older people or the mum with three kids around the stroller. Yes. You know, can I take someone's hand? You know, or can I help you here, mum? Do you need some help? Or just stop and ask her about her kids. And just for a moment, she could stop and breathe when, while the kids are gathering. There is so much. That we, do you remember the beautiful thing called the village? And everyone in that village had a role to play. And that village was only as strong as everybody's role and everybody coming together. And then somewhere along the line, it got to be divide, divide, divide. Everybody just take care of yourself. Who cares about your neighbor? And as you said, Marilyn, we are a species that is meant to be a village we are meant to be in groups because each one of us brings as i call it the orchestra each one of us brings an instrument to that orchestra and only with all of those instruments there can you truly play the music that's going to count we need to get back to that village mentality of looking out for each other that's what the festive season and every season is about looking out for each other
2: and that is a very important point, because in all of the blue zone areas, where they have the highest density of people living healthfully over 100 years of age, mm-hmm. not with, you know, tubes shoved into their body or anything, they're literally healthy. All of them have one of those, that, that's one of the things they have in common is that they have community. They yeah. gather for whatever happy hour is for them. For some of them, it's you know, coffee at the coffee shop. Uh, For others, it's dancing in the street. You know, they have their serving. Bingo. bingo. (laughs) But it's something where they come together as a community and socialize. And that is so key. Again, interdependence. Humans are not supposed to be isolated. They're supposed to be interdependent. But for some reason, or other psychologists years ago came up with the idea that it was dependency and they didn't differentiate properly the difference between dependency, which is not so healthy, and interdependency, which is healthy. And we need the interdependent community uh, activities in order to be healthy mentally and emotionally and spiritually.
1: And as a community, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Gina? I agree absolutely with everything you're saying. But if we're talking about the this particular season, you know, the Christmas season, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of things that, that practical things that people can do um on a general basis to, to really help themselves manage this season. There are many people who feel that they've got to do things because that's what mum and dad expect or yes. that's
1: what no, interviews expect mm-hmm. and you know
0: uh, and I think part of the, the certainly one of the, the themes that comes up quite a lot with, with clients that I've worked with is I feel pressurized to do things because that's the way they're done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would, what I would really like is a Christmas with just my nuclear family and not the thousands of in-laws right. um, or I end up doing everything and I get to the Christmas feel and I'm too tired to enjoy it. And I just oh. feel like a slave that's think, me. <laughs> so I think there are a number of ways that, that people can help themselves take the stress out of Christmas. Now, it may be too late for this Christmas for uh, in terms of setting an expectation in terms of that it doesn't always have to be the same. So mm-hmm. it's not the sort of thing that you would spring on people four or five weeks before Christmas to say, well, we're going to do it different this year, and you're not all coming for Christmas. But when people do come for Christmas this year, you, see, you let them know next Christmas we're going to be away or next Christmas we're going to do something different so that you raise an expectation with plenty of time for people to sort themselves out yeah. rather than doing things resentfully. So if you're gonna do it, do it with good heart. You know, If you've agreed to do it, then I think it's really important that then you actually don't waste all of that negative energy resenting it frustrated resenting Mm -hmm. and be prepared to to manage the situation well in advance and one of the other things i would say is you know if historically you've been the slave and everybody else has sat there and let you it's time to say to people look every year in the past i've done everything this year we're going to share it. So we're all going to go into the kitchen. You'll do the carrots and you'll do the parsnips and you can peel the sprouts and get everybody involved so that you're not the one who is the doormat. And you can, you do that. You can have the music on and make it a pleasant experience. Yeah. But too many people, I think too many mums particularly they, uh, they take on the role and then they become, um, the sacrificial lamb if you like that everybody else it needs are far more important than
1: that person's and it doesn't need to be like that no i'm guilty of that i had started hating christmas because i did christmas for the in-laws i did a a friend's kind of christmas different families i did our christmas and i had two daughters birthdays either side of christmas But for me, December was just about catering, catering, producing catering. I was exhausted and I was resenting it. And, you know, one year I snapped at my kid because she didn't like a present. And, you know, then I would also get to a point where I take my dog for a walk down to Starbucks and then come back later because I just. you know Christmas joy what are you talking about it was just work I become that slave Mm -hmm. and it was ridiculous I put that on me this expectation on me I took this all on why couldn't I have said to people potluck you bring the vegetables you bring this you bring that I'll do that you know which I do on every other event every other party I do that why wouldn't I do it over this as well why would I take it on so I took on the stress, and then resented it, and that is on me. And so we have to look at what we're doing. You know, if you're moaning about it, did you say no or did you delegate?
2: Right. That is so pertinent. People actually love to participate, and oftentimes, I know I would feel guilty when I would go to someone's home. Yeah. And ask, "Is there anything I can do?" And they go, "Oh no, no, I got it under control." and at first I would not just step in and help. And then after a while I realized I feel useless and I feel badly about what's happening. So my choice is to step in and wash some dishes, Yes. You know, do something, do the grunt work, whatever. And it was amazing. I began to realize that it, you know, just as I was wanting to do something, how many other people have felt that way with me when I would try to do it all myself <laughs> and sharing the load is sharing is caring. I mean, yes. the reason why that's a cliche, but it, it is so pertinent, sharing is caring. When we share the load, we have so much more fun. Everybody has more time to be fully present, including the host or hostess, you know, whoever's home you're in. It's just a, a whole beautiful thing of, again, community coming together, you know, whether it's family or your community out at large. Uh, we do that all the time here. And that's one thing I will miss when I move is that there's a whole group of us that get together. The day, the day after Thanksgiving and the day after Christmas and July 4th, you know, all those days, And we have a potluck and it's yeah. amazing. You never know what's going to be there, but it's all fun and games and socializing and hugs and kisses. And, and we bring in, you know, we invite people who don't have anybody to, yes. to, which also adds to the beauty and the charm of that experience.
0: Yeah. If you have children, you're teaching them so many lessons. One Mm is don't have to be the victim. But actually it's okay to say to people, can you do this? Would you do that? Um, And it's very convivial, isn't it? When everybody's taking part. But I, you know, what lots of people become the slave and then they huff and they puff, assuming that people will notice. Yes.
1: yes. And then
0: in a very- Where's the appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I would say to, to you is that lots of people have particular relatives who um, are tricky. And I'm reminded of one cl- client who came in and said, it's uncle Ted, uncle Ted spoils every Christmas. And, you know, we all, we all want to get together, but he, he has a pain in the neck. And so I, we explored that. And it turns out that Uncle Ted liked to tipple and he would drink from the time he arrived and by about three o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> um, he was being inappropriate and being difficult. And we talked about, you know, is the drink openly available? And she said, yes, you know, people are filling his glass. And you know, part of that is if you've got people who, who are inappropriate, if they drink a lot, make sure they've got plenty to eat, not drinking on an empty stomach. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, limit it. And if needs be, have a word with whoever else is uh, generating um, the drinks to say, make sure there's small measures, make sure there's plenty of mixer in it. And, you know, that that it's not offered so often that it becomes a problem. right? And I'm reminded of a little trick that I saw once on a television program, which they did with hardened um, uh, journalists who um, were known in Fleet Street to drink gin and tonic and drink doubles of it very, very hard. So they did an experiment where they had a saucer with some gin in it, and they tipped the glass upside down and the, so only the rim of the glass had gin, and the rest of it was lots of ice, tonic, and the, a slice of lemon. And they had some which were proper gin and tonic, some which were strong gin and tonic, and some which were gin just on the rim and tonic. And they could not tell the difference, and that's because the perfume and the flavour was mm-hmm. on their lips, and they could smell it. Um, so you know. sensible if you've got someone or some people who drink becomes difficult then orchestrate it so they don't actually get drunk by three o'clock in the afternoon right
1: yeah and i think it's also okay to say you know i'm sorry no uncle ted if he's just going to be so honorary, you know you know it's uh we're always busy making concessions for other people instead of asking them to rise up to better behavior Right, just because they're a relative doesn't mean they have to come if they're misbehaving, whether it's drink or whether it's something else. (laughs) It's like I would love to invite you, but however, you upset everyone, and if you wish to change your ways, I'd be glad to have you, but otherwise, I'm afraid I can't. And sometimes that candor needs to be there and you know, gently, nicely, one doesn't have to be nasty about it, but sometimes they don't realize they're being such a
0: particular <laughs> occasion uncle ted was ancient and i think got the beginnings of dementia and so right yeah know. so different
1: so different case but
0: yeah. But, but yeah i absolutely accept what you're saying that, you know if you're coming to join us great we'd love to have you yeah but actually, this is our expectation
1: yes expectation that's a beautiful word yes. let's look at um the expectation. I mean, we've talked about the food, you know, I get people to come in and help with you do a potluck, you know, um, it's at so and so's house, they're going to do the turkey, but we will all bring everything else in the trimmings and everybody brings a bottle or whatever the case is. But, uh, and we've talked about the gifts decide ahead of time, you know, um, should there be a gift or not. And I'm always one that if you're hosting, you should bring a gift for the host. Um, because that host has cleaned the house and done everything else, etc., You know, gratitude, again. Uh, just get up and do the dishes and all of that. But there's also this expectation is that because somebody's, quote, set the table for Christmas, they should also provide the cheer. And I think that we've got to realize if we're going anywhere, whether it's a Christmas event, Hanukkah event, whatever, an event, anywhere through the year, bring your own cheer. Don't expect somebody else to push that button for you. Hey, Marilyn?
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that it's, again, it comes down to participating fully. Yes. You know, what, and and asking ahead of time, is there anything I can provide? Is there anything Mm -hmm. I can bring? Uh, And people, you know, generally speaking, if they get asked that question, oftentimes they don't get asked. Yeah. But if they get asked, they'll say, well, you know, really all we really need is maybe if you could bring uh, a bottle of wine or, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they'll say, you know, dessert would be great. Mm -hmm. You know, that type of thing. And it's just a matter of asking and always participating. And I totally agree with you, uh, Sarah, on bringing a gift for the host or hostess. You know, it doesn't have to be something big. It Mm -hmm. can actually be something that you've made yourself. I mean, I've done, you know, a, a, my banana bread, like I said, is a big favorite. And so is my pumpkin bread. So I will often do that, wrap it all up, you know, so it looks really pretty. And that's something that is homemade from my heart. They love it. You know, and it can be that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be a lavish gift if you don't have the funds to do that. Right. But if you can't, you know, whatever it is. And you know, the other thing that we often forget is over the years, and I, I hate the word white elephant or whatever the term is for things that you've received that you're not going to use. There's no question that there, what, what you may not ever use would be somebody else's joy. Yeah. And if you've got a beautiful item, a piece of artwork or a vase or um i can't you know a lamp i don't know you know anything that's really nice i'm not talking about broken pieces of junk i'm talking about something that's really nice and you know that that person who's hosting the event loves that kind of thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: wrap it up and give it to them you know you don't even have to say it's new or used or anything else it's just i saw you uh, i noticed that you really like this and i'd like you to have it
1: I mean re-gifting is okay not everybody who gives you a gift is, is going to get it right it maybe it's something you've got or you just can't use and what are you going to do with it throw it in a cupboard and right. so as you said there's somebody else who will get more appreciation out of this and it's okay to re-gift do you yes. know what do you think of re-gifting
0: I think it's horses for courses isn't it that you know if you're in a, in a situation where you know somebody would really like that yes. I think. It's done yes. with thought then I think it's a great idea but I think if you're talking about gifts there are all sorts of other alternatives. Mm-hmm. Secret Santas where you yes. put a, a, a price tag on it and it can be as you know as, as little in English money of five pounds which is about seven dollars and we've done that uh, for a number of years with particular friends where but the but it's seven dollars or five pounds but it has to be something that you've taken a ticket out that's happened previously when you've met and that you're buying a secret Santa um, for somebody else. They don't know who's got them, but you're doing it because it's something that you think will make them smile or make them, that they'll appreciate. Um, Or it can be just a potluck secret Santa where everything goes in and it's just uh, uh, luck of the draw, which particular thing that you get out. Or that you you put a, a, a price tag on something and say um, it's got to be for the garden or it's got to be mm. something that you can uh, that you can use in the bathroom so that you have a theme. And you can have a lot of fun actually rooting yeah. around shops and finding something that's a bit unusual within your price range. But if you've only got one present to buy within the secret Santa for whoever's... It's not so bad. Yeah. Rather than having to buy the whole nine yards, it takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah
1: yeah yeah you know in we talked earlier about people coming together and playing games my kids are huge on you know board games and things like that in fact actually my son-in-law courted my daughter through board games and and it's we, we we always at the end of a meal clear the table and get the games out and it you know it's always that competitiveness and the teamwork and the laughter and it's it's a wonderful camaraderie so whether it's board games or charades or somebody sharing a story you know that's the thing isn't it is is my mm-hmm. kids when they were younger always used to put on plays impromptu along with their friends get dressed up from the dress up box and out would come some sort of performance completely haphazard and we're all be laughing hysterically and it it was wonderful. And I think it play time. you know, whether it's playing games or playing shrouds or playing music or kids playing something for us, we've got to remember to allow to play because that's part of that joy of that celebration, whether it's Christmas or whether it's any other time of gathering.
2: Absolutely well, true. I, you know, it, and again, as Gina was saying, we don't want to just do this at Christmas, but this is a great time to implement that kind of thing, to the joy. What do we say is the season of joy and festivities. So enjoy it, but then carry that into the new year as a part of life. Because you know, I always think back to many years ago, and I'll just tell a little personal story here because I think it's relevant. Many years ago when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was woe is me kind of thing, and um, I remember Dr. Bernie Siegel asking me at a big workshop, do you see cancer as your friend? And I said, no, not, not a chance. Do you see it as your enemy? And I was like, yes. And he, and he said, well, I challenge you to look at, you know, both friend or, rel- or, or enemy, what are you doing? You're holding on to them, whether it's through love or through uh, revenge. What about seeing it as a teacher? Mm-hmm. And what would that be teaching you? And you know, a teacher stays around as long as you need that teacher until you learn the lesson. And for me, the lesson was that I never had fun, I was literally the martyr in the family, and I was a great victim. You know, I did, you know, everything, woe is me, everything happens to me. Um, at that particular point in time, you know, raising two teenage kids and by myself, and you know, anyway, long and short of it was when I realized that I wasn't having any fun and I wasn't, I had no play in my life that was when things started to turn around. And the minute that those two things were incorporated, small amounts at first, you know, it takes a while to get used to good new things, yeah. but it's bringing them in slowly. You know, it's like the same thing as changing your Christmas patterns. It may not be, or whatever your holiday patterns are, it may not be something that you do overnight. It's something that each year. You integrate something else. And mm-hmm. try something different. Yeah. So, but playtime and fun those are the things that release all those toxins in your system so quickly, and in, including a bad mood. <laughs>
1: I mean, laughter is—is is, you know, we talked about the joy over over a meal, you know, breaking bread together, sharing stories, having a good laugh. You know, it's—it is something that unites our energies and it literally ascends our vibration into a higher level, which automatically takes us up into that love vibration but it also it is such a healing for everything that ails us in our body you'll find that whatever pain you have is lessened you know what whatever you're going through is lessened whatever tensions you're going through is lessened because laughter is one of those things that invites and unites and releases. You know, one of the people I interviewed was a veteran who um, his tummy blew up and he literally was burnt right to his skull and lost half of his arm. And he became a comedian. And that comedian, you know, running his hand through his hair, because he's, he's had got an easy skin, you know, never mind hair. But making fun of life in, is, was a way for him to get through it. And we forget to to laugh because we take everything so seriously. And laughter is something we have to have. If we're not having laughter, we're doing something wrong. Hey, yeah. Gina? At a
0: physiological level, when you laugh, you are releasing the feel-good hormones, endorphins, mm-hmm. dopamine, serotonin. They're the greatest antidote to the stress hormones. Yeah. If you're not laughing, the other thing is exercise. You know, yeah. But laughter is something that is easy to access isn't it you can whether you're looking uh, talking to people and laughing with people but even if you're on your own you can look at a comedy show or you can yeah. look at things on on youtube that make you laugh because there are cats doing stupid things with mm-hmm. you or whatever it doesn't actually matter what the trigger to the laughter is but in doing so you relax the stress gets gets lifted as you say and i think you know if we could find more lightness in our life mm-hmm. more laughter more more um opportunities to play i think you know over um uh, the last few generations playing has become almost defunct you know a taboo children, children mm. have to grow up so oh. quickly that they don't learn how to play unless they've got a piece of plastic that's beeping at them. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: so, yes. <laughs> They're you know, learning to use our imaginations. And I think as adults, we often, you know, we were good at storytelling or story writing mm-hmm. at school. We were good at doing those things and we've lost that art. And I think being creative, giving oneself an opportunity, whether it's drawing, painting, cooking, mm-hmm. you know, or being creative in the garden um but, you know if you could put more laughter more play and more creativity into our lives i think you would see a huge improvement in physical mental and emotional and spiritual well-being
1: yeah, just a note on on tablets and phones and things is that they've done some research now on children that are given to it as babies and young and they've seen that the brain is not developing um and and that it's more like brainwashing and they get stuck in that particular zone and just do not develop well that's the same you know even as us you know we can get brainwashed with the tv with the constant being on the phone you know it means when we're not connecting we're not attaching to anything we're just letting something speak at us and we're not interacting with anything so you know i think the big word here is interaction And that interaction, it will bring about the laughter or bring about the joy, the togetherness, you know, the cohesiveness, um, that connection that we feel that we belong. Um, So it's that, but if we're not willing to interact because we're stuck on the apparatuses or we're too shy to go and join anything or we prefer to be the martyr, you know, we're going to lose out. So we've really got to interact as whether we're saying Christmas is going to be different next year or an email out to everyone even now, and saying, you know, it, it's um, it's it's particular silent Santa, or nobody spent anything more than $10 on a person. And of course, in, in uh, the US, you've got Thanksgiving coming up, and Thanksgiving is as big a deal almost as Christmas, isn't it, minus presents. But as far as gatherings in Turkey, there's so much emphasis, far more than we put it on here in Canada. Um, And it it becomes very, very frantic. But what happens after Thanksgiving? Black Friday shopping. And then there's the hysteria shopping. So, you know, before I give you your pieces to close out the show uh, with, let us look at the shopping frenzy and and how we can not get caught up with it. Or one of the things that's extremely important to remember when you're out there shopping amongst a hustle and bustle of people, please remember your manners.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Yes, I and you know that's a really good point Sarah because when you're out shopping and people are rushing past you and they step on your foot or they knock your cart or they get their cart in the way and they won't move it um and there's never an apology. I I used to get frustrated with it and what I found was and people always say, "Oh, you you don't need to apologize first when you didn't do anything wrong, but Sometimes just by saying, you know, I'm sorry, I think I might, might be in your way, that often will alert the person to the fact that, no, you, it wasn't you that was in the way, it was them. Yeah. And then they will say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And it's amazing, you know, it's like you were saying earlier about, um, well, uh, I'm just going to say, uh, keeping people accountable. Mm -hmm. or uh, you know really holding people to a higher standard people will do what we expect them to do if we come from a place of honoring them Mm -hmm. uh, first right so you know in the hustle bustle i think it's it's fine to say oh i'm sorry was i in your way that way it's the high
1: road yeah
2: it's the high the high
1: road isn't it and that's what we have to have because things trigger yeah. so easily and it can get up we see it all the time when they open the doors and if you see it Gina when because I don't know if it's like this in the UK but in the States they'll open the door on Black Friday or on Boxing Day and herds of people go in and they trample over each other or yeah. they kill somebody for a TV literally I mean it's just utterly ridiculous and it's a hysteria it's a hysteria and it's if we don't kind of rise up and take the higher road and you know mind our p's and q's, and, and take that deep breath um we are the ones that are going to get caught up in that hysteria and then what about the people that are working there and mm-hmm. what they've got to put up with so you know courtesy manners it's really really important at this time of year
0: yes i would agree
1: yeah. it, it's again going back to that respect isn't it You know, like, yes, you could be frustrated. They've sold out already of what you want, but is that the salesperson's problem, right? You know, uh, you're in a long lineup. Is that their problem? Now, of course, stores could open up more lines instead of, you know, one person and there's 50 people waiting to go through. Um, Then talk to the management about it. Don't take it out on the people on on the thing. But uh, I think a lot of it is... Common sense. It's the others as do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. So if you would like them to treat you courteously, then do the same. So don't get caught up in the hysteria because it's so easy to trigger all of those expectations all that hysteria or i've got to have i've got to do i've got to that no you ain't gotta do nothing but calm down <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not take take five yeah, <laughs> right. reassess you know. Know. put it's on it's some I music know. And start booging around the room and then go, Okay, all right, what do I really need to do? <laughs> <You> know, so
0: before <laughs> we leave the shops, one of the things that I think would make such a difference is if you are being served by somebody who, and they often look very tired and very fed yes. up. Yeah. Is you make eye contact, that Absolutely. you hear, and that you say, Thank you or, yes. you know, not long now, but you're doing yes. a great yes. job of thank you very much. Yes. Because You watch people just grow as they recognize that you have noticed them, that they're not a robot, that they are an individual. Um, And it's their Christmas too.
1: Yes, exactly. And they're putting all these long hours in and they don't get the appreciation for it or any extra bonus or anything else. So, Yes, the patience, the courtesy, the respect, the kindness, all of those things need to be in your vocabulary you know when you're going out then you go i'm going to go and face the shops and the other thing is if you are shopping for actual gifts do it early yes. do it early so you're not going to get caught up with with that and of course um, yes you can buy from amazon and all these online but please remember to support the smaller stores if not they will not be there so you know go along to those artisan stores or those small chains and 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 support them because we need that community we yes. don't want everything to be online Uh, Some things are convenient that way Um, other things the actual tactile of being able to touch and feel and Choose something from you know the look of it instead of all online So please support your community with that as well. So we're going to close off with each one of you sharing some of that uh, Festive wisdom for for people. So Marion uh, Marilyn would you like to go first? Yes,
2: you know, I would say that the most important thing is before you go into any situation, uh, you know, if you're feeling a little low, take some time to just regroup. You know, uh, One of my favorite things to do, of course you can't do it when it's snowy and it's in other areas, but it's just to walk outside where there's grass or earth and just take your shoes and socks off and just feel that earth under your feet. Science has shown conclusively that it changes the blood flow and where there's no flow, there's no go. Mm-hmm. So all those good hormones aren't going to happen unless you're having, you've are having you got some flow going on in your body. And by going out and walking on earth or grass or sand uh, for just five minutes, you can literally change that flow from no go to, to lots of flow. Uh, and that's being proven, as I said, scientifically. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is always to consider the other person. You know, if, if there's a situation... Um, where you feel uncomfortable about some, someone or something in the family, um, ask yourself, what can you do to alleviate that situation? What, what can you do to help? What kind of reframe can you put to the particular person, situation, or experience?
1: Mm-hmm. Ask, don't assume. Yes. <laughs> Gina? I
0: agree with everything uh, that's been suggested. I think get prepared. Mm-hmm. you can do a lot ahead of time, if you parboil your potatoes and your parsnips, you can freeze them and then bum them in the oven on the day straight from mm-hmm. the freezer, nobody will know. And recognize that you know, on these occasions, you don't have to make everything from scratch. Mm. You know, take some shortcuts in terms of those things that people, that you're, that you're happy with and recognize that actually it's not about being perfect. It's about being perfectly happy around what's going on. If there's frustrations, it's your choice whether you focus on those or you focus on the being together. Ultimately, it's about being with people and sharing with them and really communicating. If you're on your own, go to your local homeless shelter and go and help them serve up dinner and talk to people. You know, look for ways where you can actually engage. If you want to be a hermit, then do it and enjoy it. But if you don't like being a hermit, then take action now while there's time to get something organized so you can go and be with other people. Right. And there's plenty of opportunities wherever you live.
1: Yep. I mean, the churches, the communities, uh, the, you know, the homeless shelters. And, I, I, you know, also the other thing is a lot of people travel at this time of year and they don't know what to do with their pets. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could be a volunteer pet. Babysitter, maybe in their home or the animal in your home. And that means you aren't alone for Christmas. You've got this wonderful companion there. And people can go away and travel knowing that their animal has been well looked after. So, you know, let us not forget uh, those aspects of it. Um, But that's where I'm saying the onus is on us. Instead of going, oh, I'm going to be alone again, go, well, what can I do differently this year? Mm -hmm. And instead of going, oh, gosh, you know, how much do I budget? You look at your budget. Okay, and you're going to be buying for X, Y, Z, Z, and D. Okay, so what does that mean per person? And stay within your budget. You know, if you're going to be cooking, and go, you know what, Um, I hate peeling the brussels. Delegate brussels to someone else. Um, And of course, you know, I've got vegan kids as well, so it's different total foods for that than the other. So, okay, then that's the case. You bring a vegan dish, and we will attempt to do other things, but we don't have to do everything. Delegate. It's okay, and that also means everybody gets up with clearing and washing dishes and putting away and everything else. It's that camaraderie of togetherness. We're in a world right now that is begging, begging for community and to be connected and to know that we count. You know, we're looking for connections, and they're there. Everybody's looking for that same thing. It's just like pieces of Lego. We're just trying to find the right fit. And you're not going to find that from your room or behind a computer moaning. You're going to find it by getting out there in life and interacting and participating. So watch for the triggers. And the moment it comes up, I've got to. No, you haven't. Do you really need to do this? What parameters have you set for yourself beforehand? And stick to them so that you're not going to actually trigger any of that stress. And if you do get stressed, don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to take five. And then have a damn good look at it in that five minutes of like, is it something I really have to do? All right. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing with us today. This information, although it's around the festive season, is around the festivity of life. And we really got to get out there and be more festive with our lives and enjoy our lives and stop being so stressed out about it and understand what the triggers are that causes those stresses and use the wonderful tools that both of you have uh, to make sure that it doesn't consume us because life is about joy and laughter. It is about celebration of each other. It is about unification. So let us step up and be a part of that by participating. So thank you so much, Marilyn. Thank you so much, Gina, for being with us here today. Pleasure, Thank thank you very much indeed. And as I said, please you go to selfdiscoverymedia.com and you put in Dr. Marilyn Joyce, all her shows will come up. You put in Dina Gardner, all her shows will come up. And uh, obviously you go to our show here on the blog. They've both written a piece on tools and tips to deal with the season and the stresses and uh, you just have to look at de-triggering our festive stress and you'll find that show there and don't forget to subscribe to our youtube and to everything else and remember christmas and every day of your life is meant to be something you're meant to celebrate and we can't do that if we're so busy bogged down in the stress of it all so take some laughter step it up and go and find your joy Until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show and were inspired to come and visit us at selfdiscoverymedia.com and see what other shows we have for you. And please do visit our selfdiscoverycommunity.org and see how you can be a part of giving back. Thank you very much.
2: Step into your authentic self and find genuine power with Gina Gardner, number one international best selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment coach, and transformational leadership trainer. Gina suffered a serious accident at 29, leaving her paralyzed and learning how to walk not once but twice. It's not the challenges which define us, but what we do with them. You are not broken and you are enough. Gina has dedicated her life to helping people recognize that you have a choice to be happy, to be successful, and to live life full of joy and fulfillment. Access your inner resources to live life fearlessly. Find your true purpose and feel self-confident. Connect with Gina Gardner at
0: genuinely-u.com. That's Gina Gardner at genuinely-u.com.